It's cold and rainy, but I have Megan Murray. We're in her office. This Hello. is so exciting. This our is new exciting. Faith Formation Director. How's Faith Formation Director going? It is going really well. It is only been um, a month or two since I've started mm-hmm. officially in this position. So it's very busy. And September is a very busy oh, of course. month of like getting everything planned. So mm-hmm. it's going very well, but I'm very, very busy. Aww. But we love it. We love having you around. Oh, You're so you. fun. <laughs> Start off and tell us a little bit about who you are, Megan. What's your background? Okay. Introduce yourself. All right. Well, yeah, my name is Megan. Um, grew up in Piatone, and that's where I'm living now, about 25 minutes from here, and got to know St. Mary's uh, Parish like last summer, started going to Mass here during the week, and really loved the community, and then this position opened up, um, well, a position in St. Mary's opened up in February, so I started working in February. We had come from Catholic family, kind of like typical growing up just going to Mass on Sundays, but that was about it. Mm -hmm. And then really like 15, 16 year old, around there, like teenage years is when I started to get into my faith more through a really good friend of mine. And I went to Steubenville for college. Um, Yeah, it was really, faith was always a top priority for me and developing my my faith life. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Can you tell us about discernment? Because you have a really big discernment story. So just introduce discernment for us. Sure. Well, discernment in general, I would say is, well, obviously we are body and soul person and created by God. So God has a very special plan for us. Um, Obviously a plan of like happiness, um, special mission. And I got to know that a little bit more, like I said, later in my teen years and then college, I was thinking about that more like, God, what is your will for my life? What would you like for me? And Um, so discernment really is distinguishing what the Lord wants for you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people associate discernment with vocation, a religious vocation. Am I called to be a priest? Am I called to be a nun? Am I called to get married? Mm -hmm. But also discernment is on like the lower levels as well. Like the everyday life decisions, discerning what is this from God? Like, what should Mm -hmm. I do? Um, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in to, to help us, he's always there to inspire us and to help us make those decisions, those smaller decisions, like I said, but also bigger decisions like, should I live here and pursue this job? Should I do this with my life? Obviously wanting to do um, what the Lord wants, but he also gives us that freedom to um, discover what we would like and how we can give back with our own gifts and our own talents. So discernment is, is being able to really pray mm-hmm. and to see with the Holy Spirit where the Lord is guiding you for your own life. Yeah. And tell us about like discernment in religious life and a little bit about your story in that. If sure. You don't mind. Sure. So um, after college, well, first of all, I, I dated in, in college for a, a while. I was dating someone for three years. And um, I always said to myself, like, um, well, afterwards, I always said to myself, that really wasn't true discernment. Uh, we always said, like, we were thinking about getting married mm-hmm. and things like that. But there wasn't any true discernment. There wasn't any true prayer and reflection of, is this the right person for me? Um, is this what God wants for me? And after we had broken up, I was um, more open to discerning religious life. Mm-hmm. And um, in that time period, also, I was just falling in love with the Lord, growing very deep in my relationship with Him, um, using the Bible, um, doing Lexu Divina with with the readings of the day, and um, I was in a charismatic 
prayer group and um, was just very dedicated to a very serious life of prayer and um, mass and the sacraments and things like that. And so, like I said, I was open to religious life. And um, so after college, I had met a religious community um, in Spain. So this was 2011 and um, the World Youth Day that year uh, with Pope Benedict was in Madrid. And so basically through, I mean, long story short, really making, yeah, this very long story, very short. Um, yeah, through the providence of God, I was able to go to World Youth Day, um, really with like no money. I was like, just sent basically mm -hmm. for free, practically. Um, again, saw that as a sign that the Lord really wanted me in Spain, really wanted me at this World Youth Day. And I went with um, a religious community called the Home of the Mother. They're a Spanish order. They have uh, priests and religious brothers, also religious sisters, and there's also lay people who are part of the order. And um, so I got to know them. I went to the World Youth Day activities with, with them and completely fell in love with the sisters, with their lifestyle. I got to see, yeah, their lifestyle mm -hmm. and was really touched by their joy, their love for the truth, their love for the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, it definitely made me think more about a religious vocation. Was it a culture shock when you went overseas? Were you like, this is not America? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it kind of was. I, it wasn't my first time overseas. I had um, spent a semester abroad when I was in college uh, in Austria, and I was able to travel around a lot. That's so um, Yeah, and then so it wasn't a culture shock at all. And I think that's why I was able to go that time. And mm -hmm. I went by myself, yeah. like, by myself to Spain. Didn't know the sisters, mm -hmm. didn't know anyone. And I was going to spend three weeks with these people, mm -hmm. you know? So um, I think I was able to do that because I had, well, first of all, I'm very yeah. spontaneous and <laughs> I'm pretty like, yeah, whatever, I'm sure it'll work out. <laughs> and then also I had that experience of like traveling abroad. So mm -hmm. I was pretty comfortable traveling. Yeah. Um, yeah so. But Austria is where the sound of music is, right? Where you just totally feel in sound of music vibes? Yes. <laughs> yes. When I was in Austria, definitely. Yes. Spain is very different. I mean, each country in Europe is very yeah. different. Um, but yeah, in their house, the sister's house in Spain is in the, in the country kind of in mm -hmm. beautiful, like green, like hills, mountains, mm -hmm. really, um, near the, near the, uh, sea. Very, very beautiful. So do they have animals? Yes. The sisters have chickens. So they have chickens where they use the chickens for eggs mm -hmm. and, um, they also have like a couple of dogs. So yeah. That's, that's so fun. fun. <laughs> are you a big animal person or were you like, this um, is. No, I don't mind animals okay. and not like an animal lover, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, they're, they're just there. It was actually later after I entered, I was a novice and I can explain about that more yeah. later, but, um, it was our job, like the novice's job to take care of the chickens. So we had to like put in some grubby, a grubby <laughs> habit and yeah. Um, get rid of all the poop and make sure they're fat and make sure they're watered and everything else. And, do all the cleaning in there. So that was, that was fun. I really enjoyed that actually. It's like, you know, the hard, hard labor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the faces of the nuns. Tell us a little bit about your time in the convent. Yeah. So, um, I entered, uh, when I was 23. So I entered as a candidate. So a lot of people think about, um, like a, being a postulant, maybe that word is a little bit more common than a candidate, but basically that's like your first phase as, you want to you 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 see that the Lord is calling you. You want to live out your consecration in a in a small way, but maybe living out in the world still. Mm -hmm. You're like not ready to like okay, just leave everything, go into the yeah. convent and hide yourself there for like years. It's like it doesn't work that way. Like mm -hmm. the Lord is very good, and 
like in the whole process as a discernment process to see, is this really what the Lord wants for me? You know? So uh, I entered as a candidate and uh, that was down in Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida. And I was a candidate for two and a half years. So that just meant I was working. I was, I was paying off college debt that I had. Um, I had, was, I was living differently than a normal person. I wasn't dating, obviously mm-hmm. wasn't wearing makeup. I had a limited, um, clothing supply would wear like long skirts. We didn't have a uniform, but we had like a dress code mm-hmm. in the sense, like we would try and wear longer skirts out of a sign of consecration. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just living more like simply living some sort of obedience with the sisters. So living out poverty, chastity, and obedience, but like on a small scale. Mm-hmm. And then after that is the novitiate. So a novice is someone uh, who's like, that's when I received the habit, started living as a sister mm-hmm. in the comment. I was called Sister Megan. Yeah. Um, and that's a two-year process of like faith formation, spiritual formation, and you're learning more about the order, about mm-hmm. the charism, and you're living out the life as a sister. It's kind of like a test period. Like, But you, you don't have any vows, so obviously you're free to leave if you mm-hmm. say like, you know what, this really isn't for me. Um, obviously, it's not just like, okay, bye. Yeah. You're you're talking about this with your spiritual director, mm-hmm. praying about this, obviously, and seeing, you know, what does God want? And so that's two years. And then there's five years of temporal vows. So temporal meaning temporary, mm-hmm. like not forever. Mm-hmm. So you take a one-year vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And the sisters I was with, the home of the mother, they have a fourth vow that they take to defend in and with their life, the true presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and also on our blessed mother in and with their life as well. So, so that is five years of, of temporary vows. And so you take a vow for a year, you renew it for a year. So it's two years. And then you take a three-year vow and that's to prepare you always for the final but, vows. Yeah. And so um, final meaning final <laughs> and uh, no turning back. You're forever, mm-hmm. you know, married to the mm-hmm. Lord and, and in that congregation. Obviously, after that time of discernment, you say, mm-hmm. yeah, you can say for sure. Yes. And not just you, but that they can say, yes, you have a vocation and the church, too, mm-hmm. because it's um, it wasn't a private vow. It's a public public vow. So with the bishop present. And so you're saying with the church, you know because you represent the church, you represent a specific religious community. Mm-hmm. So you have to act <laughs> well, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, so all that is taken into account. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And when did you leave Florida? Cause it was Ireland, right? Or was it Spain? Where are they? So yeah, good question. So the sisters, they started in, in Spain, mm-hmm. but they have communities in different countries. So the sisters have different communities of sisters in in Ireland, in Spain, in Italy, in Ecuador, and here in the States, in Jacksonville, Florida. So I started out in Jacksonville as a candidate. And after I was done, I moved to Spain because that's where their novitiate is. Okay. So I spent two years there as a novice in Spain. And then one more year I spent in Spain as just a sister in one of the communities mm-hmm. there. That they, they have several in Spain. So I was in a different community in Spain that first year. And then they started to open up houses in Ireland in 2017. And that's when I started. That's when I went. I went mm-hmm. over to Ireland in 2017, and I was there for five years. Mm-hmm. So you're all over the place, right? Florida, yes. Spain, yes. Ireland. Yes, yeah. That's so fun. Yeah, it was. Did fun. you like? Kind of, did you get to explore a lot, or were you just like? Um, and 
In Ireland, yes, I got to explore a lot, mostly because we worked a lot with the youth and we always did like fun road trips or pilgrimages or like things like that. So I was all over Ireland. I was, I think I had been in every single county, every single, no I'll say every single county, <laughs> not every single town, obviously. Yeah, it's funny. They, they say in Ireland, like, I've been to Ballonhead to Bisonhead. That's like from the top mm-hmm. to the bottom. Oh. Been from top to bottom. That's so fun. To us, yeah. Mostly with the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we were just very like free spirited, like, okay, hop in the car, grab the guitar, like, let's go for a, a road trip and like sing some songs yeah. and have a good time. And obviously, teach them to pray. They opened up a lot to mm-hmm. us and we would talk to them about everything. Um, so it was a really beautiful environment. So were these girls discerning religious life too, where they were just like, they were just wanting to grow in their relationship yeah. with the Lord. So they ended up a lot of them. Yeah. Thinking about it, but then mm-hmm. others like, no, I know I want to get married. And we're like, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like whatever God wants. So yeah. our job was just to like put them in front of our Lord and mm-hmm. then in the blessed sacrament, have them grow closer to our blessed mother. And then they take care of the rest. Really. You I know? Love that. We're there to kind of, either mothers you know and you play guitar too i didn't know I this did not play oh guitar. i was gonna be like i was always with the sister that did but i love to sing and i love oh. that environment of just mm-hmm. like just um i know joseph is looking for new choir members megan <laughs> he's always like do you want to do it and i'm like no i'm good thanks joseph join choir hmm. do it for me i'll be like no but i know somebody and she's right across the hallway <laughs> it's fine can you briefly tell us how did you discern out and tell us a little bit about the process? Mm-hmm, sure. So yeah, obviously I'm not a sister anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Working here at St. Mary's. Basically, yeah, I was I was consecrated for 11 years, um, which is a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, how can you be there for so long? But I didn't make final vows. Um, so I was like able to leave. So I want to like clarify that too, because mm-hmm. it's not like, I mean, my final vows, like, oh, yeah. I messed up. Mm-hmm. I'm Because that would be, that'd be very sad. And yeah. that does happen sometimes, but with specific special permission mm-hmm. to do that. And that would be the normal thing. Yeah. Like I love my life as a sister. Um, I love the community. They're like, obviously mm-hmm. more than just a sister, very strong spiritual bond. You share so many things with them. It's like a family. We really had a very tight knit community and we, we loved each other. We really did. We loved each other a lot. But yeah, I had a lot of unrest in the last two years, I would say, that I was there, mostly when I was starting to think about final vows. Mm-hmm. And it was becoming more and more apparent that I had, but we, so we always had to ask permission to take vows. Mm-hmm. So we written permission. So it came the time to write out, you know, asking for permission. And I just, and obviously praying about it. And I really just felt like, like I couldn't do it. I felt like there was a wall in front of me. And I just, I couldn't go through the wall. And yeah, it was a very interesting experience. Mm-hmm. But so that was very sad for me. I didn't know what that meant. If I just had to like pray more, be more generous mm-hmm. or just plow through the wall, <laughs> like just didn't know what that meant. So obviously praying with that, discerning with that, and again, a lot of unrest just wasn't, wasn't just not at peace with, mm-hmm. with moving forward saying like, yes, I can say for sure. God wants me here like mm-hmm. forever. Like, I want to do this, et cetera. So um, I was actually given an extension. So instead of making my final vows, I was given one more year Mm -hmm. to discern with the sister. So um, on top of those five temporary vows, like five years of temporary vows, I actually had six, Six. um, which isn't completely uncommon. A lot of sisters maybe would take an Mm -hmm. extra year or even two. 
before taking final vows. So I took that extra year. And as that year was ending, I was still like, I don't know. And I was, I did a, um, we always do uh, once a year, a silent retreat. Mm -hmm. So it was about seven days of St. Ignatian silent retreat. And I was talking with the mother superior who we would talk to, obviously as like a spiritual, spiritual direction. And she was like, so what do you think that this year, like, are we ready to move mm-hmm. forward or what, what, what should we do? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So she obviously was seeing, like, I just obviously was not ready for, mm-hmm. for final vows in that. So she suggested going home for a month, maybe taking some time away from the community mm-hmm. and having that time to discern like away from the community. And I was like, you want to send me home? Like That was like the worst thing ever, but I knew that I had to do it mm-hmm. um, to really take the time to, to have that time to, yeah, just to see what the Lord wanted and not try not to be afraid about mm-hmm. the future. You know, you think so many things that go on your head, but anyway, so this was last summer. So it's August, 2022 mm-hmm. is when I came home, I was, you know, in full yeah, habit yeah. and I had that month of discernment in August. And so as the month went by, I was really just, really just praying like God, obviously, if it's your will. I'm here forever, mm-hmm. but if it's not, then show me, you know? Um, and I was just like, cool with whatever. I like did not want to make that decision, but I, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. Like I have to make a decision by the end of the month. Like I need to say yes or no, you know, but really it's not up to me. I'm just like, God, like it's very, very, very simple. Like, mm-hmm. what is your will? Like, just show me your will. Mm-hmm. Like, cause that's what I want to do. And it just wasn't clear to me. Like the days were going by and, and people knew I was there for like a month. They're like, so like, what are you doing? Like next week, like, isn't next week, September? Like, I don't know what I'm doing next week. I don't know if I'm going to be here. If I'm going to go back to Ireland. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't like process that. So uh, that whole month I was in contact with our mother superior. And um, it's like towards the end of the month, um, mother Anna, she, she, she wrote me an email. She said, we uh, like through this discernment with you, like we really see that you do not have a vocation with us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, instead of being like shocked or like upset, I was like extremely relieved. Mm-hmm. And I was like filled with peace. And I knew that that was my answer to, to my prayers because mm-hmm. I knew that it was coming through her is coming through obedience that this was God's will for me. Mm-hmm. Like this is, because I was, I was not capable of making that decision by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like, I think I don't have a vocation. So like, like, no, like I, I can say for sure now, mm-hmm. like I do not have a vocation with them because it came through my superiors. Yeah. And I know that, and that's what the whole idea of obedience is. Like mm-hmm. you obey a human person, not because like, they're really good at like telling you what to do, mm-hmm. but you know that God has chosen that person as yeah. your superior and so you're obeying God, like through that person. So I was just like, again, so relieved and so filled with peace. And yeah, that's how it went. Was there like a now what process or were you like, oh, so <laughs> change of plans, curveball here. Yeah, definitely had taken my time to to really just continue to pray and see mm-hmm. like what God wanted because I had no idea. I was like, well, I'm home now. Just going to take it easy for a while mm-hmm. in the sense of like, yeah, just taking the time to like pray, process, transition back into like the world, mm-hmm. <laughs> not being a religious sister, not living in community. So 
learning to like still continue to go to daily mass, mm-hmm. have that time for prayer, but like not have that community support. So yeah. that was all process. But um, and I'm, I think I'm still in that process of seeing what the Lord wants for me. Mm-hmm. So discerning, yeah, what what does the Lord want for me? Obviously, still discerning that, but have gone, yeah like so far since since last year so so grateful to the lord for that yeah what do you think was the biggest like adjustment adjusting out of religious life back into like yeah well i can say the biggest the hard like not the hardest but one thing i didn't like was getting a bank account again (laughs) um i was so happy just like being free and (laughs) it was easier than the driver's license the dmv is always like yeah so crazy yeah well i had to renew my driver's license i had one but i had to renew Mm -hmm. it and then, yeah, get a bank account, like get a cell phone and all those type of things. But I was really trying to take my time because mm-hmm. it sounds silly, but really for me, they were like big things. I'm just yeah. like, okay, like, you know, kind of responsible. And like, obviously you need money yeah. to start up a oh, bank account. I'm like, I don't have any money. <laughs> I literally, I zip. I like gave, like Jesus says, give everything away and follow me. That's what I did. I had nothing. So, um, but they still let you open one. Well, I have people and family members oh, who, okay. who love me and was uh-huh. helping me and supporting me and they continue to do that. So, um, yeah, that's, uh-huh. I would say probably, yeah, opening up the yeah. bank account. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I have to be responsible now. <laughs> so, yeah. So what advice do you have for people like discerning, uh-huh. discernment advice? Discernment advice. My advice would be, um, don't be afraid, um, of yes or no. Mm -hmm. And, um, take it seriously in the sense of actually discerning means actually praying Mm -hmm. and actually taking that time to reflect about yourself, reflect about your gifts, your desires. What do you want? Cause the Lord works with all that. He's not a tyrant. Mm -hmm. He wants our freedom. Love is free. And that's what the vocation is. The religious vocation is a, a calling from him. So it has to be from him. Mm-hmm. If there is no calling, there's no vocation. So he all calls us in a special way. But obviously, religious vocation is a special calling. Um, but uh, to, yeah, to not be afraid of, of that. But also know, like, uh, it should be a free gift mm-hmm. of oneself to the Lord. And, and saying yes, you know, because you see, and it's it's really in your in your conscience, you know, like, mm-hmm. has, what is the Lord asking of me? And there might be some time where you're, you're just not sure, mm-hmm. but really, there, there has to be an answer. And the Lord doesn't want to leave you in confusion mm-hmm. or leave you in a state of, like, uncertainty. Like, he wants clarity. He wants mm-hmm. truth. So if you're, like, genuinely searching for that, he will give that to you. Yeah. What's the secret to prayer, Megan? Secret to prayer? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> Ooh. Love. you can anyone can pray because anyone can love i love that yeah you're so smart no it's true <laughs> it's really true i mean saint Teresa actually has a wonderful quote she, yeah i don't know as saint Teresa of Avila, sorry, she says um prayer is being with the one who we know loves us uh-huh. and yeah being present with the one who we know loves mm. us and i love that because yeah, we know that Jesus loves us and that's what it is. It's like, I can pray. And we think we think prayer has to be so complicated mm-hmm. or like, I don't know. I'm not going anywhere in my prayer life. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, this is so boring or I'm not getting like so dry or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're stupid. Just like, get over <laughs> yourself. Like, no, just where's your heart? Give your heart to the Lord and that's it. Yeah. You don't have to complicate things. Yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> what did you learn through this whole like, you know what I mean? Like your religious, your religious life experience, your non-religious life experience. What do you take um, away? What's your takeaways? Yeah, I think now definitely looking back with it all, like my religious life experience and now this transition period, just like, I, I don't know. I just feel so strongly um, like Jesus's presence with mm-hmm. me, like that Jesus's love is the same that that was before as a, mm-hmm. as a religious sister. So like, he's just a faithful friend. He's just such a faithful friend. And I'm just like, so shocked at like how much he loves me mm-hmm. <laughs> even now, <laughs> not as a religious mm-hmm. sister. Cause I'm like, Oh, like religious sisters, they're like, you know, his bride, like they're really special people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm not that anymore. But like, but I am. I, You're I so feel, special, yeah. Megan. Oh, thank you. And I, and I do feel special to the Lord in the sense, like, I feel like, yeah, he, he doesn't mm-hmm. leave me alone. You know, like we're very united and yeah. Um, so yeah. Aww. Did you eat any good food when you were in Austria, Spain, Ireland, all over? What's your, what was your favorite thing to eat? Um, yeah, chorizo. The Spanish what chorizo is, is like, it's a Spanish sausage. Um, really good. Really, kind of spicy. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, Spain, the Spain has really, really good food. Um, I don't know. Also, the sisters had a huge garden, so we grew, um, like, oh, zucchini. Oh. And they made this beautiful, like, cream of zucchini soup. And that I really so like good. that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, also the Spanish empanada. It's oh, like yes. a like pie, like a pie mm-hmm. with like like a savory savory pie. Yeah, yeah. Um, really good. <laughs> Did you food. get any recipes? Did you bring any recipes home? Are you like uh, cooking for all your here. family? All <laughs> so yeah. And then the Irish, I guess, um, they have something that's like a thick bacon. It's called a rasher. Mm-hmm. Um, those were really they're very salty, but they're very good. You just like fry them up, and it's so like it's a, like bacon. It's but like it's bacon, just but it's thicker, thicker and it's bigger. Oh. It's more like ha- like a thin ham mm-hmm. or thick thick ham. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, it's it's a little bit saltier than like mm-hmm. normal. Do you like bagels? I brought you a bagel. Oh, thank you. Sure. <laughs> Do you like bagels? Yeah. And cream cheese. Sure. Okay. I was like, I don't know what to get, but I want to get Megan something. So sure. I brought I, you a bagel. I eat pretty much anything. You don't but smell I it. Like it's like too. your whole office is like smelling like bagels now. It smells so good <laughs> I in here. Don't smell it, but maybe because I'm still a little. Up, congested yeah this is so fun megan yeah thanks for, thanks for coming you. on yeah thanks for sharing your story and no blessing our eardrums <laughs> with your amazing wisdom on prayer and everything so uh, we appreciate you no i'm gonna be short staffed this afternoon so i should probably yeah get thanks. to work and you've got thanks work and stuff to do i do yes. <laughs> all right but thanks so much for hopping on megan yeah thank we you appreciate for you me. all right bye